Welcome to the GPS Training Podcast, the monthly podcast keeping you up to date with everything in the world of outdoor GPS navigation. Welcome to the GPS Training Podcast. It's our 70th episode. This month, I am again joined by Andy, our tech guy at GPS Training. Welcome, Andy, to this month's GPS Training Podcast. Hello, everyone. How are you? Very good, thank you. Have you been up to much over the last month? Uh, lots of training courses, been down in the New Forest. Very good. Been down in Gloucestershire. Quite fond of the New Forest. You enjoyed yeah, it down there, didn't it's you? Nice the New Forest. Uh, bit, of, bit of a trek for you, though. Lovely weather. <laughs> it's a bit once. different to Northumberland, so. Very good. Nice to see the ponies on the hills as well. So. Very good. It was a very well attended course as well. I think you were full on that course. Yeah, you? it was on the New Forest course. It was really good. So, yeah, nice to get away and do a couple of courses in different locations. Very good. Brilliant. So, um, yeah, by the time this podcast comes out on, on Sunday, Andy, you will have been out for a bit of a, a trek on Saturday, I believe. Yeah, I'm doing another training run ready for my Montaigne Spine Challenge. So, I'm over to Derwent. Um, Derwent Water, I was going to say Derwent Reservoir, when I was initially asked to do it, I thought it was Derwent Reservoir, but it's actually Derwent Water, uh, so next to Keswick I'm doing it, um, it's called the Derwent Dwardle, I like the way it's called the Dwardle, because it's actually 23 miles and it's quite tight the time we've got to do it in, so. Uh, and how many feet of climb do we have to do on the do now, how many feet oh, of climb are you was it? Was it, over, it was over three and a half thousand, right, I think. Okay, very good. So it's round the hills, round Derwent Water. Um, you can either walk or run it. We're doing a bit of a walk and a run because it's training for the, the Montaigne Spine Challenge that you know I'm doing in June. So, right. so you'll be resting on Sunday and listening to the podcast as it comes out, I do, yeah. <laughs> very good. Brilliant. In this month's podcast, as many of you are now venturing overseas again, we look at overseas mapping, both the official... Um, Topo um, mapping, the Topo and the Open Street mapping. We're then going to discuss going off grid using an InReach Mini or an InReach Mini 2. Then we're going to discuss the end of Garmin's bird's eye voucher. Then we're going to look at the new training videos that were put in place for those of you using Garmin Watch, either an Instinct or a Phoenix. We're very much looking at planning long distance routes and the the the, the method we've created and put the training videos in place for those of you who want to plan on a PC or a Mac and then transfer this onto a GPS watch. And then finally, as always, we have Andy's top tips. So without further ado, let's get on with this month's GPS training podcast. First thing on the podcast is overseas mapping. So again, it's been a bit of a strange two years um, before, yeah, money hasn't been going overseas, but we've really seen a big uptake on people now buying um, overseas mapping, Andy. Yeah. So really, I think there's two main options available, isn't there? There's the official Garmin maps yeah. um, for Garmin users, and then there's also the open street mapping or open source mapping um, options, isn't there? So um, we'll start off with the open street open source mapping. What's that, Andy? So open source mapping is a project sorry, a project that was taken on board many years ago. Um, many people all over the world are putting together data and information that all gets collated to create these open source, or often they're called open street maps, which are available to download for free from numerous websites. What you'll find is certain websites are will take the open source data where people have given information about footpaths, trails, etc. They've already got a lot of the time in countries, you'll already have the road data that's freely and readily available. They'll put these maps together, add information about points of interest, contour lines, bits and pieces like that. So sometimes they're free, sometimes they're chargeable, depending on what sort of 
website you're on and, and, the, and the quality of that open source map. But it's often a lot cheaper than buying, certainly, say, an, an Ordnance Survey map or the equivalent to Ordnance Survey, something like IGN in France, but maybe not as, as detailed. So very similar than the topoactive map we find on many of the GPS units. These yeah, days, so I mean, one of the other options, of course, we're going to talk about is the option of Garmin GPSs that come with the topoactive Garmin mapping already loaded on for Europe. But I think if you haven't got that sort of unit um, with the European mapping already loaded and you're going abroad, it's a nice alternative um, or a nice way to give you some reasonable mapping for the mm-hmm. country that you're going to um and it's nice is proper digital mapping is zoom in you get more information you zoom out you get less information yeah it? so it's like digital layer so rather than being a raster map where when you zoom in you can lose a bit of clarity as you zoom in you get a new layer and a new layer and a new layer with extra information and detail um, as you know on our website we've got a big choice available i know a lot of the countries are mainly europe but even if this country's not listed we can normally source um, mm-hmm. the mapping for customers and i always think with these mapping is if you are downloading a gps file you're going to do a long distance trail overseas and you've got a gps file that's your navigational data in there anyway it's just overlaying on a map isn't it it's therefore just, something like that is perfect it gives the names of the villages you're going through it shows you the rivers you're crossing yeah you just want something in the background so i suppose if you go on i suppose in this country we look at if we're going off the beaten track and we haven't got a route that we've downloaded from a website you really want the most detailed map you can get on the screen of your unit so you can see those footpaths and trails but the example that John's given, if you are going abroad and you've found a lot of the holiday companies will give you what we call the GPX file, the root file for that guided or self-guided walk. If you've got that on your GPS device, in theory, you could get away with no mapping, but I don't think that's ideal. But just to have some sort of map that's got some reasonable detail sitting in the background while you've got that route line to follow is great. So I think the open source maps are just a nice way to get something that's cost effective you can do it yourself for free as you know on our website we've got options under the the map option on our gps store where we charge out because we're covering the cost basically for us supplying it on a micro sd card downloading it mm-hmm. testing that it works first and actually putting some literature together that goes out with it to tell you a few recommended settings to put in your unit so that's where the charge comes from we've, we've got a spend the time downloading it make sure it works putting it on a micro sd card and we just send it out on a micro sd card that goes straight into your unit so you don't have to worry about mm. and they come in at 19.99 a country we do regions as well for 29 pounds 99 so the, the other option is the official map so we've got quite a few on our website now um and these are the official maps that we get directly from garmin which is equivalent of the people's os maps yeah so it's it? a licensed map product so it's like in this country if someone was coming from abroad and come to this country they would have the same sort of options oh do i get some open source mapping for great britain actually i'm going off the beaten track i haven't got gpx files um, of the routes they want the most detailed mapping so they would buy the ordnance survey mapping if we switch it the other way around if we were going to france one of the options you'll see on our website we've got the french the garmin what garmin called the french topo maps but they're based on the IGN maps in France. You'll see if you click on any of the countries for the Garmin maps that we've got in the description and the spec, etc., it does tell you what type of mapping it's based on from that country. Yeah, and I think you've also done screenshots of what it looks like for each of those countries. Yeah, as well, t- right? I mean, we just took the screenshots of Garmin's site where it shows you um an example of what that mapping looks like but there's a description saying the french i'm using the french one as an example it says these french maps are taken from the ign maps i have a feeling one of the austrian or german ones we've got is taken from some map data compass maps uh, compass spelt with a k but that information's on 
um, the web on our website when you go into the GPS store and maps and you find the Garmin maps and, and we can order those maps in. And as you rightly say, because the license is a little bit more expensive, so they start from £73.99 per country and go up to £138.99. So it's equivalent price to what ROS map card is really, a little bit cheaper than what that is there. So that's an option there. So again, you've got the open source mapping, which is like either free of you download yourself or £19.99, £29.99, or you've got the official maps, which are 73 99 to 138.99. Were you going to mention about the, you know, we've got the GPS devices that come preloaded with the Topo European I wasn't, but we can do. So they, I've actually, um, by the time the podcast comes out, I'll put a link in the show notes. I've actually done a video for tomorrow. So we're recording this on Thursday, if people don't know. The newsletter goes out tomorrow. I've actually done a, an article looking at the Topo Active Mapping compared to Ordnance Survey Mapping, Excellent. answering all those questions. And there's an article on the website. So people get our newsletter, which will come out tomorrow, um, that's got a, a that's got some information, got information on it, and I put yeah. I put something shown uh, in the show notes as well underneath, linking to that article. But I've done a little video taking people through the differences because a lot of people now are getting confused between topoactive mapping and Topo Great Britain Pro, etc. So I've just done some the pros and cons Brilliant. of each. So when they look at our newsletter and that video, you'll be able to see. And actually, if you're buying a unit from us and you go into the GPS store, you'll see some of the units come with options of Garmin's Topoactive European mapping for the whole of Europe. It's not as detailed as these individual maps we're talking about purchasing, like the, the Garmin Topo France ones that are based on IGN. But again, it just gives you another option if you do a lot of travelling. Yeah, I think it's a nice option there as well. Sat map, we'll quickly jump onto sat map. We're having a bit of struggle at the moment getting overseas mapping, but we've been working with them and hopefully we'll have a solution in the near future. So fingers crossed for that. To find out more about the new uh, for the, the maps, please go to our website, which is gpstraining.co.uk. Click on GPS Store on the top menu bar, and as Andy says, tap on Maps. Next thing on this month's GPS Training podcast is going off grid using your InReach Mini InReach Mini Two. So since InReach Mini Two um, has come out, it's been a hugely popular. It's always been a popular product with us anyway. So first of all, Andy, people don't know what is the InReach uh, Mini. Yeah, so the InReach Mini devices are very small and compact, which I suppose the Mini gives it away, so they're lightweight. When you look at our um, spec on our website, so when you go on um, GPS Store and look at the InReach devices, the two-way communicator, that's the heading it's under, you'll see the full spec. I should have written the weights and sizes down, but you'll see they really are a very small lightweight unit that's designed its main function which is why we're talking about this today is yes an sos button so it's something you carry where you pay a subscription so i'll talk about that when we get into uh, more detail about the units but you pay a subscription every month and that unit is there as peace of mind that if something was to happen to yourself or party that you're with and you're off the grid i.e no mobile phone signal you can press an sos button and that'll go to, if we're in this country, Great Britain, that would go to, uh, it goes to a monitoring station, sorry, in America, but then it would get relayed back to the mountain rescue or emergency services in this country, and they would have your grid reference to be able to come and locate you. That's what most people think the InReach Mini does. Uh, that's all it does. Um, it, you do get two-way communication, as in you get messages on the screen as well. So unlike some of the other devices, you do actually get a text message on the screens basically giving you the peace of mind that they've got your SOS alert and that helps on its way and they'll actually keep you informed with information about how far away that help is. But it's not just an SOS button, is it? As many people yeah. think it so is. So when I'm on courses, often people ask me about this. I've actually got a GPS device with this built in. 
but this is more looking at the customer who's already got a GPS device for navigation that they're happy with. So they've got a GPS device with a color screen and maps and they want this extra device to give them this SOS function. But as John's just said then, what I find on courses, hmm, I'm paying the subscription and the cost of the unit just for an SOS button. Is that a bit too much? It does a few other things. So I was just going to talk about a couple of the other features, more to do with the what I'd call the safety features and this using the satellites to do messaging and how that works. Yeah, so it's, it's two-way satellite communication is the main thing, isn't it, really? So it's using the Iridium network for the part what's calling the in-reach, the, the emergency SOS button. So the other features it does that a lot of people don't realise. Again, you're off the beaten track. You've got no mobile phone signal. You don't need to press the SOS button, but you just want to let friends and family know everything's okay. You might want to send a quick message to say, you know, you've been a bit delayed or you may need picking up. It's not an emergency, but I suppose if you were a cyclist, it could be something's happened to your bike and you're wanting a friend or family who you've got in your contacts to be able to give you some help. You can use the device, you see, actually paired with an app on your phone. Now, bear in mind, your phone's just been used as a keypad, as a Bluetooth keypad. You're not using the phone because you haven't got a mobile phone signal. That's the scenario we're looking at. But you can type the message on the Garmin Explore app on your phone that's paired with this little inReach Mini. And then it'll send that text message to whoever you're sending it to. So they get the information. And actually, when they get the message, they can actually, it can be set up so they can actually see where you are mm. on a map when you've sent them that message. Very good. So that's the second thing. Third thing. Third thing, which I use quite a bit, and then I'll talk just very briefly about the subscriptions and why you've just got to watch what subscription you've got if you're using these extra features. The third thing I use an awful lot on my own in-reach devices, I set it tracking and mindset for every 10 minutes. You can make it... Um, a bit a big a bigger um set uh, distance between the tracking so it could be an hour it's just based on how much battery life you're wanting to get out of the unit but my unit every 10 minutes i set it tracking friends and family that i've given a the garmin call it the map share address it's basically a web address that you can password you just obviously make sure you give it to people that you want to be able to track you so my wife can see she's got that information if i'm out on a trail run all day on my own rather than worrying that i haven't sent a message or you know knowing where i am she can click on this web browser address and see my movements every 10 minutes across a map and you can actually have it set up if you want to you can block this if you don't want lots of people sending you messages but my wife or whoever i sent this to can actually send me a message directly from this web browser address and i'll get the message through they can't even if i've set it say to track every hour but they want to see where i am now and they don't want to wait another hour till they get the little ping of where i am they can actually ping my device and then it refreshes it with a more up-to-date position mm. so that's the the th when we're talking about i mean they do do other things some basic navigation and other things we've talked about before but really i wanted to concentrate on the things that are using the i'm off the grid i want people to see where i am i want to be able to message people and i've got that sos button i'm not being an amazing piece of kit because they're tiny aren't they the battery life is really small them. Great and again if you want to you can tether it with your gps units as well i know you mentioned the explore app it tethers with but you can tether it with your gps map series as well can't you yeah. and then send and receive messages via that as well so you say you can just have it on your rucksack and then you can interface it in a number of different ways you've talked briefly about the contracts or kind of what kind of money are we paying yeah, for this just to give you an idea i mean i'm i'm the sort of person who i'm out all the time and i don't want to they do something called a freedom package which does work out a bit cheaper bits where you set it up to say i'm only going to use it for this month mm -hmm. and then you might not use it for four or five months so you cancel it then you have to set it up again and 
I'm not saying that doesn't work. I know some customers do use that. It works out slightly more for that month when you're using that package, but it means you're not tied into a year. But to be honest, for peace of mind, I'm out all the time. I know this is me giving you it from a personal point of view, but with my unit, I have it just set where I pay every month. And just to give you an idea, the sort of three packages I tend to look at, I probably wouldn't look at the top one. It's the it's the, the, the first one and the middle one. So the annual plans, they have one called the safety package for $12.95 a month and one called the recreational package for $24.99. There is a one that goes a little bit further, but I don't think that's really needed unless you're really going off the beaten track for months and months and needing to send unlimited messages. So if I start with the $12.95, which is probably the most popular one because it is a, a good price for, for that $12.95 a month, Obviously, SOS is unlimited on all the packages. Let's hope you don't need to use the SOS, but you've got that SOS function. You have something called preset messages that you set up in the app where they're just very quick messages that do have to be preset up, um, sorry, preset in advance of your trip, but it can be just simple things like, everything's okay, I'm a little bit behind time, can you come and pick me up now? Again, they're, they're all totally free and don't come off the package. But the main difference is, so if you're on the safety package at 12.95 a month, You've got um, messages that you want to send where they're actually messages where you physically type something very specific. You've only got 10 of those a month, which normally is ample. And the track points, if you wanted someone to track you, let's just say it was every 10 minutes, bear in mind you then get charged 10 pence yeah. for every track point, so that could add up. You may not use the tracking, you may just want it for sending those preset messages in the SOS, so 12.95 is fine. You don't have to do the tracking all the time, or you could do a tracking every hour. So for six hours, it's only gonna cost you 60 pence on top of the 12.95. Mm -hmm. So that's the safety package. If I just talk about the next one up, that's the one I use, the recreational pe package. The main difference is you've got 40 text messages instead of 10. These are messages you type whatever you wanna type. Still the unlimited, of course, preset messages, but the track, the tracking, um, points um, where people can track you, you don't get charged. So mm -hmm. you could use it every single day, every single week with people tracking where you are every 10 minutes and there's none of this 10 pence per mm -hmm. track point. So then That's naturally you're going to go for. down to get it track as often as you can because it's free of charge. Well, it's included in the packages. Is it separate to the tracking on your own unit where you're recording a track for your own use? This is you letting people see where you are. I just, the fact I'm paying the 24.99, it seems daft not to use it if I'm out and about, because then I know that for peace of mind, the friends and family who I've given access to this map share web browser address that I set up, they can just see where I am mm -hmm. every 10 minutes. So I could, you know, I could reduce that and make it every half hour, every hour, but they know where I am. And I just like that peace of mind, to be honest. Brilliant. So that's going to be, yeah, those are the two basic packages that most, most people tend to be going for, which is really good. And then to finish off there, it's really nice because I know we've discussed it in depth when the new InReach Mini 2 came out, so we'll discuss those features. But as you rightly say, it's just discussing the two-way satellite communication, the benefits of that, and the best way really to use it, isn't it? Yeah. And, and you know, the InReach Mini 2 was a great unit and does everything I've just said there. What they did with the new InReach Mini 2 was give it much... Uh, I'm going to say much better because the InReach Mini had a great battery life. I don't want to knock the InReach Mini, but they've improved the battery life and they've added some extra navigational features. Maybe to someone who hasn't already got a GPS device that can use those extra features. But I think if you've already got a G GPS device, InReach Mini 1 was absolutely fine. But the InReach Mini 2 is there now with better battery life and all those three features that I've mentioned for when you go off off grid wear and it's amazing when you you think in this country we've got great you know a lot of the mobile companies say oh you've got 95 percent coverage 98 percent i don't think that's quite right because a lot of places are going northumberland and other parts of the country i've got no mobile signal 
So, yeah, Brilliant. peace of mind. Very good. Find out more about the Garmin InReach mini devices, please go to our website, which is gpstrain.co.uk, and click on GPS Store at the top menu bar, then two-way satellite communication. The next thing on this month's GPS Training podcast is the sad end of Garmin's bird's eye vouchers. So, Andy, Garmin bird's eye vouchers, what are they? Or what, what were, were they? they? Yeah. <laughs> what were they? So, Garmin bird's eye vouchers, when we first started doing them many years ago, you bought a voucher. It was like a little plastic credit card, wasn't it? £19.99. That was the first one that Garmin brought out. We concentrated on mainly using it for this country, even though you could do maps for abroad. But basically, in a nutshell, it meant you could buy a GPS device that didn't come with an Ordnance Survey map card. And because mainly you're concentrating on a couple of areas that you maybe walked in, it might be something like you live in the Lake District and you spend most of your time there. You didn't really want to spend all the money on it. You didn't feel the need for an Ordnance Survey map card for the whole country. So using this voucher and Garmin's Basecamp software on a computer, you would download, I want to say a small area, it was 3,000 square kilometres for the 1999. Then you could add another voucher and do another one, download another area. So you could pick the areas you want by drawing on a map on Basecamp software. That was the first voucher we had, very popular with a lot of the units we used to sell with those vouchers. And then Garmin increased the voucher size to a really good value one. It was called the Bird's Eye Plus at, it was about 99.99. Yeah, it's yeah. not that long since we stopped doing them, but 99.99. Now for 99, sorry, 99.99, you got, oh, I'm trying to think of the figure. 25,000. 25,000 square, square kilometers. So yeah. you, you, got, you could virtually do all the, if not all the national parks in Great Britain, you could draw around on a map and download. And now, when we, sorry, when we say download map, and I should have said you were downloading Ordnance Survey if you were doing it for Great Britain 1 to 25. So our more detailed Explorer maps at 1 to 25 scale. For £99, you could do that, you know, an area the size of all the national parks it's in Great Britain. quite a area as well. It was quite, yeah, it was quite a popular thing. People did struggle a bit. It was a little bit figgly. Once you knew what to do, it was kind of not too bad, but it was a little bit figgly. And I know a few people did struggle to get the download, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, you had the problem, I suppose, you had is Garmin hadn't thought everything out with it. You, if you were using Basecamp software and you didn't already have any mapping with your unit, because some units, as we know, don't come with the TopoActive Europe maps and you didn't have a 1 to 50 map card, you were trying to draw around an area using an extremely basic map on the screen, and that was the only option you had. And then it could be a bit fiddly getting it to download. Sometimes there was issues with Garmin server and various things. When it worked, it worked. It was a good product and it was good value. But unfortunately, Garmin have decided um, to discontinue it now. So unfortunately, that product is no longer. So that's the end of it. So I'm putting this in a newsletter a few weeks ago. A few people did kind of, um, yeah, were quite concerned because it's something they've kind of been using and very much enjoyed. So really going forward, your only options now is full GB map cards. So if you want 125,000, there's a full GB map card there. And there's also the one to 50,000 full GB. What we've just done for the interim period since this has happened, we've actually just reduced the price of that one to 25K map card. Just brought it down by, I think, 35 pounds just to try and soften that blow. It's still quite an expensive product to buy. So yeah, I know a number of people are taking up that. We, sh- we should always mention if anyone's bought a voucher and you've got it activated, you're not going to suddenly not be able to download the mapping. Garmin are honoring that year. You had a year to download the mapping. So if you bought a voucher off us three months ago and you haven't used all the credit up yet, you've always got a year to download it. So you've got a year from April, wasn't it? It was. Or, yeah. or from whenever you yeah, registered yeah. your voucher, if you'd already registered it. And if somebody's got a voucher, Andy, that they've not yet registered, he's sat in a drawer and not yet been done, what do they do? 
interestingly, they should ring Garmin in Southampton. Garmin's tech support number you'll find online. And Garmin in Southampton should be, when you tell them you've got a bird's eye voucher, give them the serial number, your GPS, and your Garmin user account details. They should be activating those vouchers for you. I know we've had a few issues where some customers have had it done fine, and we've had to intervene with a couple, but Garmin did promise us that if customers got a voucher you've purchased and it hasn't yet been activated, they will activate that credit for you manually by giving Southampton a ring and asking them to do that. So you have to purposely, when you when you ring them up, say, I've got a bird's eye voucher, please can you apply this credit against my Garmin account? Because I think a few people have been fobbed off by Garmin who kind of go, I don't know anything about this. No, no, no. Because in the past, you used to do it online. You're unable to do it online. So ring Garmin up and be quite, yeah, tell them what you want them to do and uh, they'll do that for you. Yeah, you've got to basically sit and not get fobbed off if we don't do that product anymore. We've bought this product while you were still doing it. We were told in good faith, for hundred percent. I've had customers where it's worked absolutely fine. Mm. You ring Garmin and you just say, "This voucher was never activated." Um, I've been told we've still got this year. I need this act, the credit adding to my account. But you must tell them if it's a Bird's Eye Select Plus voucher, which it would be if you got it from us, because we'd stopped doing the nineteen ninety nine one. So you must make sure they know it's the Bird's Eye Select Plus and tell them it's the twenty five thousand square kilometers gb credit otherwise you might find they only give you three thousand square kilometers because they think it's the 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 basic one they did for 1999 so you must tell them it's the bird's eye plus 99 pounds 99 25,000 square kilometer brilliant credit. very good so that's yeah the bird's eye come to an end and yeah sorry about that for everybody who's uh who's used them in the past The next thing on this month's GPS training podcast is a look at planning a long distance walk and getting the info onto a GPS watch. It's, it's a subject we've been debating quite a bit this week, Andy, this isn't it? So I actually, um, I'm actually going out on Saturday doing a walk. I was going to do a section of St. Cuthbert's Way and I said, I'm going to do a walk and talk for um, the video series. And I said to Andy earlier in the week, I said, do you know what? What's the best way of importing a GPS file? editing it down and transferring it onto a watch and he went mm, and we had this deep discussion we yeah. kind of thought right what options have we got we've got the connect tab so we could import it into the connect tab but if it's a long distance trail we can't edit in the connect tab we then went through discussing we could do it in the explore app which is limit functionality which in the app we could drag it around and maybe shorten it a bit editing it wasn't very user friendly as no. what we want to do is trim things into days if we've yeah. got a a route that's 100 miles we want to do a 20 mile a 15 mile a 20 mile and so on yeah, so we debated that we then said oh to well we're just doing garmin base danny said just doing garmin base camp so garmin base camp plugged the watch in um it didn't work on the mac um straight away uh, would the, the the new phoenix 7 doesn't work on 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 the mac um it wouldn't see as an external drive um we then plugged it into your pc one and a half hours to download the top yeah, so that's my mapping. phoenix my phoenix 7 map uh, Phoenix 7X, sorry, that has the Total Active Europe maps. Yeah, it was an hour and a half for Garmin Basecamp to index the maps. Now, don't get us wrong, next time I plug it in, it'll be a lot quicker, but I found the map very slow moving around mm. on it compared to when we use a handheld device for Basecamp. So this is now day two of now working through this problem. We thought, okay, what do we do? So we both went away. I must say, actually, we both walked into work the next day and we both been dreaming about this problem. And Because uh, <laughs> I just said, Andy, I've, 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 I've been thinking about it. So we, we, worked, we worked out a solution to it. First of all, really, a GPX file, 
what quickly is a GPX file that we're, we're talking about uh, wanting to so edit? So this is where you go onto a website and um, we've got them on our online training course as well under the GPX file library, which we're going to talk about as we get into this conversation. But you might go onto a website, say, oh, I'm doing Hadrian's Wall, I'm doing the Cotswold Way, Offa's Dyke. You're doing one of these long distance walks. Loads of websites out there where you'll find potentially the track recording. Often it's a track recording where someone's walked. Now, I'm not saying you won't find a website where someone has split these down into days. That does happen. But a lot of the time, you'll find this long distance trail and it will just be the full 100 mile, 200 mile as a track recording. And yes, you could send it to your watch. We're not saying that's a problem, but it's then in your watch. Well, one, I find if they're very long, they're very slow to load. And also then you're just getting the distance to the complete end where really you want to see the distance to the end of that day, the distance to the next day. Because yeah. so otherwise you your watch is going to be saying, like same as a, a GPS unit, a watch is going to say, right, okay, you're going to end in you know, 62 hours. Well, that's pointless because you're not going to be walking 62 hours. You may be, but you're not more than likely if you're on holiday, you're walking you know, your 10 or 15 miles a day or something. Like I mean, so. there might be other third-party softwares out there, but we're trying to get away with customers having to pay for something. Mm-hmm. And we've, you know, when you look at our videos and Basecamp software for the handheld devices, the main difference being the handheld devices come with maps that once they're on Basecamp work really well, you can import in this track um, into Basecamp software. And there's, there's some nice editing tools in Basecamp that do let you split it down into mm-hmm. days. But as John's mentioned, the problem we had with the watches was you may have a watch that has no mapping. So in Basecamp software, I should go back to how that works. When you plug a device into your computer and you're using Basecamp software on a computer, if your device has no maps, you basically have a very, very basic map, which when you want to trim something down and get to a certain place somewhere, it might be a little village that isn't going to be marked on the very basic map. It's a struggle. Plug it, plug your GPS watch and that's got maps. It takes hours to load. Ooh. So we're just trying to find a solution. How can we use Basecamp software when we maybe don't need to actually plug the watch in, but we can still import the GPX file and do some editing. So the four steps to doing this then. So step number one is first of all to, um, it goes back to our first one, to, to install some open source mapping on Garmin Basecamp, isn't it? So I suppose you've got to have Basecamp software on your computer. So if we start with a Windows computer, Windows computer, you install Garmin's free Basecamp software, which mm-hmm. we show in the videos. And then, as John's mentioned, we found a website where they have open source maps. And one of the options on this website is you can download a version of the open source map for either a Windows or Mac computer. And it actually indexes itself into Basecamp software so that when you open up Basecamp software in the maps menu, rather than just having this basic option of the very, very basic global map when you've got no device plugged in, you now see the option of whatever open source map you've downloaded by the way we show how you install it into Basecamp. So as Andy's rightly saying, I must mention before people go, what, what are they going about? There's videos in our online resource taking you through what we're discussing now. So, uh, and I must be honest, I actually watched the videos to work out what I should be doing. So find some open source mapping, install it either on your PC or Mac. If you are a Mac user, you may have to install another piece of software as well. But again, we show that, we show in, that the, in the video, in the video as, well. as well. So install that. We then need to set up Garmin Basecamp, don't we? I think your second... Yeah, there's a few settings we'll put in Basecamp just to get the best out of it before you start using the open source map that you've installed. And then the third step is importing the GPX file. Yeah, I'll show you how to import the file. You know, you find a website with a GPX file on. I use our online training resource as an example because on our online training resource, we've got a GPX um, folder with lots of long-distance trails in. So I'll show you importing into Basecamp software how you do that. And then, 
how you trim it down, how you say, look, I'm going to walk 15 miles a day. I'm going to walk to this village, this town. How do we split it down in the day? So you might import a long distance trail into Basecamp software as one complete trail, but you end up with six individual files. Very good. And then the the final step is... Nearly the final step. Nearly the final step. Right, these are two sort of linked together very closely. And we do make it very easy when we go through the videos. It's step by step. So the final step is when you've done it in base camp, you can see where your split split down tracks are. You basically will show you how to export them onto your computer. And then the Garmin Connect app that a lot of you with the watches, if you're using a Phoenix watch or an Instinct watch, you'll be familiar with. You can log into that on a computer. So we show you that. You import it into the Garmin Connect app on your computer because you might if you're working on the computer with Basecamp software it makes sense because that then syncs with the mobile app and then the final unit in these videos is using the mobile app either on an iPhone or an Android phone to then transfer over these individual day tracks that you've you've in um, split down in Basecamp software nice onto your watch nice and simple I mean, to be honest, it sounds, because we've split it down into videos was just to make it easier to follow. I could have done it in two videos, three videos, but there just would have been longer videos. So I thought, let's just break the videos down into individual little pieces. I mean, the end of once you've actually got the Basecamp software and with you got the Mac, this other bit of software you need, and you've got the open source mapping on, if you're watching it again and again to do it, you're only going to watch the last two or three videos, you know? I think it looks, do you know I'm not being funny, I'm, I'm very impressed by the, the solution to the uh, the problem, really. I, can, I, I did it just this afternoon, I thought, right, I'm, I'm actually doing a walk and talk on Saturday uh, with the uh, Phoenix 7, and as I said, I'm doing Set Cuthbert's Way, and I kind of thought, how do I get myself this this 29 or 30 mile section and that's exactly what I did and it's because it's absolutely brilliant it's actually very straightforward and it's and, yeah. a great solution to the problem I really. mean we know the issue is not getting the GPX file on your watch that's simple but it's when you find one that you might have searched for for ages mm-hmm. and the only one you can find is a full length one it's it's having that little snipping tool, that little trimming tool that makes it easy to trim it down. It's hard on the apps trying to, you can amend routes and I know people say, oh, I use this app or there's, and there'll be other third party apps where you can do a little bit of editing and amending, but I've not found one that really lets you easily split down a long distance trail into six or seven days from a complete trail. Mm-hmm. Basecamp does it well. It's just that extra mapping you need to help you do it with the watch. Fantastic. <laughs> and again, um, I'm, I'm going to record a walk and talk when I do this on Saturday. So hopefully within the next couple of weeks that will be going online. I do a quick summary of what we just discussed at the start of that walk and talk as well. So, but the step-by-step instructions are in the online resource. So if you want to follow Andy's instructions are really clear, as they always are, just go to the gpstrain.co.uk, click on online online resource on the top menu bar. When you're in the online resource, go to courses, then multi-activity GPS watch, and then select either your Phoenix 7 or the Instinct, or the Instinct and it's right down I'm the dropping it as the very last module on all the watches. And actually, when you go into the online resource, John's mentioned in courses, you've got GPX, um, I think, is it just GPX file? It is a GPX, GPX library down the GPX bottom. library at the bottom. Yeah. That's where we've got our files that you can import. But I'm actually going to drop the videos there as well. So right. they're in a few places, so they're dead easy to find. A really nice step-by-step. And I think as well, it's, kind of, it's upgrading Garmin Basecamp as well. So you can start looking at things about having to plug in your handheld GPS unit as well, if you want to yeah. use it that way. Yeah. So if you've got a Phoenix watch or an Instinct watch, very much look at them. Again, even if you don't, there's some uh, some nice top tips of how you can uh, make Garmin Basecamp kind of upgrade it a little bit. The next thing on this month's GPS Training Podcast is Andy's top tips. 
It's a maps. It's a real map theme, isn't it? What I thought would be tips because we're talking about going abroad and purchasing European maps or using a GPS device that's got the European maps on was just give a few tips on using those maps on the units. So this is with the Garmin units. If you've purchased um, a Garmin unit that comes with the Topo Active mapping preloaded, so that's things like the Etrex 22s, 32s, the Montana 700Is and 750Is. GPS map 65s, 66 the 66SRs, and the 66I. You'll know if you've got that unit with a topoactive European map. And I'll start with this country first. A lot of customers who buy units off us, they're not just walking and hiking with units in the hills. They're cycling on the roads with their units, or they're doing some city walking or town walking. And you may have bought your unit with an Ordnance Survey map card office, either the 1 to 50 map card or the 1 to 25 map card, which is brilliant when you're out in the hills. But I find when you're cycling, it's nice to have the option if you've got the unit with a topoactive European mapping to see that on the screen when you're cycling. Or in a t- I find something's in a city, it's probably a better map to view. So my first tip is how do we view that map? Because what you'll find on a Garmin handheld unit Whatever mapping you've got on the micro SD card in the unit, which would normally be if you bought your unit with the Ordnance Survey map card from us, that one as default will always be the one you see on the map screen of your unit. So if you want to then hide that map and bring into view the topoactive European map on your unit, on all of the Garmin units that have got that, you need to go into your setup screen. So it's normally from the main menu on your unit. You've got the setup spanner. You go into setup. You then select the option map. You then select the option configure maps and then in the configure maps it shows you all the maps loaded on your unit. You will see one called worldwide DEM. Any of the worldwide maps you make sure they're always enabled. What you're looking for is your Topo Active Europe maps. Make sure they're all enabled. You can normally tell if they're enabled. It'll either say, depending on the unit you've got, you'll either get a little coloured tab at the right rather than a grey bar or it'll actually say enabled. <clears throat> Touching on a touchscreen one will dis- disable it. Touching on it again will enable it. On the push button units, you've just got to move the cursor onto it and press enter and you get the choice to disable or enable. So you make sure the European ones are enabled. The trick is you disable your Ordnance Survey map only. So on your <coughs> units, if you've got the 1 to 50 map, you find the map called Topo Pro 1 to 50 and you press enter on it or on the touchscreen touch on it to disable it. If you bought from us the 1 to 25 map card, that's actually split into five regions, North Scotland, South Scotland, um, West England, East England, North England. So whichever area of the country you're in, if you're not sure, you might want to disable them all. And then you should see on the screen of your GPS device the topoactive European map, in which, of course, in this country, you're then going to see it. Now, bear in mind, if you do go abroad with your unit, you don't have to do what I've done there if you've got an Ordnance Survey GB map card because it automatically realises you're not in that area and you will see the European mapping on the screen. You may want to leave your micro SD card at home for safekeeping anyway. Brilliant. And once we've enabled, is there anything else we need to change on the unit then? Yeah, what I find is, um, because it's a digital map, and this is the same, this runs into nicely when John and me talked earlier about buying the open source maps from us, or any of the digital Garmin maps, we have a setting in the Garmin units called Map Detail Level, which when you've got an Ordnance Survey map card, it doesn't change what you see because it's a flat scan. But if you've got one of these digital maps or the topoactive maps, if you then, after you've got that one enabled and disabled your OS map so you can see the European map on the screen, if you go back into setup and into maps again, 
You'll see under the advanced setup one called detail level. It's normally set as normal level. When you touch on there, you can put it to one of the higher levels. Just bear in mind, the higher the level you have it, the more clutter you see on the screen, mm -hmm. but it will show you more information so you can have a play about with those detail level you know, settings. If you put your Ordnance Survey Map card back in, if you've still got the setting as higher level of detail, does it make any difference to your Ordnance Survey Map? No, maps? it doesn't change what you see on the Ordnance Survey Map and doesn't seem to affect the speed too much of moving around. Um, someone did tell me they thought it was a bit slower. So I, to be honest, if I was being honest, I would always say when you're not using the Topo Active Mapping, yeah, yeah. just go back to Setup and Map and um, go into the advanced settings and just put that detail level back to normal. This is really for when you want a higher level of information because you've got a digital map on the screen as the Topo Active Europe maps. And there's also, I know this is kind of going a little bit, there's also a similar setting in Garmin Basecamp, isn't there? So we're using the Topo Active mapping in Garmin Basecamp or even the open source map we're talking about. There's also a detail level within there, isn't that? Potentially helps, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, so if you're using um, the Topo Active maps on, I'll mention a Mac computer first, or if you've got the open source mapping downloaded on the Mac computer you'll find when you move your cursor to the bottom of the map screen there's a hidden toolbar appears where you can zoom in and zoom out and it's got uh, arrows for moving the map around there's actually a detail level box in there and when you move that detail level um, plus or minus it shows more information funnily enough on the videos I've just done for using Garmin Basecamp with your Phoenix Instinct watch I actually show that detail level bar and on the Windows computer, and I showed it on the same videos we've just talked about for using the watches, you go into, um, if I remember rightly, on the Windows computer on Basecamp, you go into View along the top, Toolbars, and there's a box called Detail Level that you tick, and then you see along the top of Basecamp a new box appear that, instead of saying normal like the GPS devices, Garmin like to be different on the Basecamp software, it says medium, and then you click on the drop-down box there, and you can change the level to a higher level, Brilliant. and that helps with those digital maps seeing a bit more information. Mm, it all relates back to those videos, that's brilliant, so that's an option there. Um, Updating topoactive mapping this is a bit of a... Yeah. I mean, really, that was my tip about turning off the Ordnance Survey yeah. map so you can see this European mapping. Um, if you're in this country and you're doing city walking or cycling and also the detail level, but just one word... Um, I'm going to say word of warning, that sounds a bit over the top or maybe a bit rude, but just to be careful with, if you have bought a unit from us with the topoactive European maps, we do put a little sheet of paper in with the units just mentioning about this to customers. Garmin have the positive is Garmin have improved the topoactive European maps in the last few months. So they've got a bit more detail on them. They're starting to add contour lines, extra information. But that means they're taking up a lot more memory on the units. So certain units now, if you try to do the update with Garmin Express, you won't have enough internal storage on your unit. And what Garmin recommend, or it's the only thing you can do, is you take out your Ordnance Survey Map Card if you've got one. If you didn't buy a unit with an Ordnance Survey Map Card, that doesn't matter. But you then need to put in something along the lines of a 16 gigabyte micro SD card before you do the update on Garmin Express. So this is really, some of the units are fine, they've got bigger memories, but we're looking at things like the eTrex 22X, 32X, eTrex Touches, if you've got an older eTrex Touch, the Montana 700i and the Montana 750i. Seems it should be just those units. I think the, the smaller eTrexes have a smaller memory, and the thing with the Montana 700i's and 750i's, it's because they came with City Navigator maps as well. So having the City Navigator maps update and the Topo Active European maps, there's not enough memory. So you really need to put a 16 gig card and have a separate card for those maps if you've got those units. 
currently things like the 65s and the 66s that have the european maps they don't seem to have any issues there's still enough memory on those to do the update so then with that you would just case of case swapping if you end up updating the map card you have to keep swapping the map cards when you want to use each of those map yeah sets i mean i think one thing i'd say if you're not too worried about having the latest european map and we always say it to customers it's not like it's an ancient map and the units that comes preloaded on them and let's face it, a lot of the time we're just using this as a bit of a backup in the background of the unit for cycling or walking around a town or a village or a city the mapping ain't going to change the lot I've got a map, um, one of the units I had prior to the one I've got now that had European map and I never updated it because one, it takes hours to update. It's quite a slow update process. And also you then have that issue, oh, I need a separate card. So if you're happy with the way the European maps are, you can just leave the ones you've got on your unit. If you've got one of those units I've mentioned where you do need the extra map card now and just leave it on as it is and use it as it is. If you do update, Andy, don't let your computer go to sleep. Oh, yes, I forgot. Final thing, because the updates <laughs> take two or three hours, my most... This is why I put this as a tip, actually. The most calls I get in a week at the moment are customers who have tried to update their European maps. Something's failed and they've ended up with no maps on the unit. And what I've worked out's happened is, and normally the customer will confirm this, certainly on Mac users it seems to happen more. Your computer set normally as default on a Mac in your power settings to turn off any USB connection if there's been no activity for an hour or so now i would have assumed that because something's plugged in that was classed as activity but supposedly on a mac it's not and the mac goes to sleep and it ejects your gps device before the maps have actually downloaded can happen on a windows computer as well so i just recommend if you are updating the european maps and you know you've got enough memory or you've put a, a micro sd card into your unit just make sure you go into your power settings on your windows or mac computer and set it not to go to sleep never to go to sleep nothing to shut off whilst it's plugged in Otherwise, when the unit starts, it cannot authenticate. It gives you a message and you contact the uh, the seller. Can't authenticate maps message. It's normally because your map update hasn't quite completed. Quite often on a Windows computer, you can just start the update again. But we find with the Mac, for some reason, the Mac seems to, if it's failed an update because the computers went to sleep, it puts a load of tra hidden trash files on the GPS, which fill up the memory. And then you have problems. I think you see it. I mean, if you're using a micro SD card, I think it's safer because then if you've selected in Garmin Express to install them on the micro SD card, if there's been an issue, you can delete what's on the micro SD card and just start again, you know. I'm hearing your pain about this subject. I can see the expression in your face. Of the... It could do. I mean, I don't. a lot of time we blame Garmin, but sometimes it is the computer. I think they could make the process a bit easier, if I was being honest. We could have more warnings come up about these things, but it's what it is. We've got to work with it. And, you know, if a computer's went to sleep and a download hasn't finished, it do, I mean, to be honest, in fairness to Garmin, when you start the download, it says do not unplug your device and make sure you've got a steady internet connection. So it is, but a lot of people don't see that and or they don't realise because they're not used to doing something that maybe takes so long that their computer goes to sleep after a couple of hours. I think often hours. customers don't even know what they're doing. They just press, do you want to update maps? Yes. And they don't realise that, then they're going to have to sit there for the other, it's going to take a number of hours. I mean, it just tell you again on the screen, it'll say this is going to take two hours, this is going to take three hours. So you do get that message, but that's normally when you've already started it unfortunately but i think it's just making sure that you go into you know find your you know you'll all know your own computers find your settings in your computers for um preferences it's normally the power save settings and just set never go to sleep don't turn off when plugged in fantastic to find out more top tips please do sign up to uh, gps training online resources is packed full of top tip videos just go to our website which is gpstraining.co.uk and click on online resource on the top menu bar and finally, 
Many thanks for listening to this month's GPS training podcast. If there's any subject you would like to cover in future episodes, please do get in touch. Please do give us a call, especially if you're thinking about buying a new GPS unit. And please do take a look at both our physical GPS training course that we do around the country and also our webinars and our one-to-one online training that we're also doing. Just go to our website, which is gpstraining.co.uk and click on GPS training GPS training courses. Please do tell your friends about the GPS training podcast and encourage them to subscribe on whichever podcast app they are using and if you can leave us a snazzy review and a five-star rating in itunes or google Podcasts or, or whatever you're listening to podcasting that is also very much appreciated so many thanks andy for joining me again it's been quite a, a themed uh, map theme for this month yeah, hasn't i think it's because people are thinking about going abroad more you know as things have got a bit more relaxed and a bit easier not in all parts of the world, unfortunately, but the, you know people are travelling ab- abroad now, and I think that's why we've had a lot more interest in people coming to us and purchasing the the foreign map cards from us, or you know wanting more information about the units we sell with the built-in European maps. And that was quickly mentioned. I didn't mention when we talked about the overseas map cards. If you are wanting them, we actually buy them in as you want them, so it, we get them in fairly quickly. You know, it's like a week or two we tend to be getting them in. So again, if you are going overseas in the next month think about it plan ahead and then it just gives us all yeah because the genuine garmin ones can take a couple of weeks the open source ones we can do within a couple of days if not same day sometimes if you're desperate but normally they go out within a couple of days max that's brilliant so and good luck for your walk on saturday andy i hope it all goes well i hope you put some pictures on social media for us and uh, see how you put on the gps training uh, it's the one i'm doing i never mentioned the one the following weekend is a 20 hour Six, no, 21 hour 63 mile coastal path so I've got back to back training runs for the montane oh, wow, so see stuff. what I look like after two weeks of doing those <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing you work on the Monday morning after that one Yeah. so thanks everybody for listening Thank to us and thanks Andy for joining me on this month's GPS training podcast thanks for listening to the GPS training podcast the monthly podcast keeping you up to date with everything in the world of outdoor GPS navigation